Good morning. We welcome you to Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church in Garysburg, North Carolina. Our motto is the end of your search for a friendly church, and we do our very best to live up to that motto. We are so grateful and we're humbled, as we always are, that you would worship with us on this Sunday morning, June the 7th, the first Sunday in the month of June. Want to go ahead right now and wish all of the June birthday babies a happy birthday. So if you have a birthday anywhere in this month, on behalf of the church family and myself, we wish you a happy birthday. It is also uh, our traditional custom to observe the month of June as men's month here at Roanoke-Salem. And of course, we're looking forward to the third Sunday in June being Father's Day, uh, if the Lord so allows us to see that day. And so we just, we're just looking forward to an exciting month in June. And again, just thank you so much for making time to worship with us on today. Uh, I want to certainly thank uh, Miss April Allen and Mr. Derek Buffalo and Miss Jasmine Smith for uh, their e excellent and outstanding audio and visual uh, technical support to make sure that we can go forward with this word on Sunday mornings. And also certainly thank you uh, to not only Deacon Woodrow Harding, who's here, but all the uh, the deacons uh, of Roanoke-Salem who have been so supportive, so supportive of our efforts and certainly to our church family. Church family, let me say publicly for everybody to hear, thank you, Roanoke-Salem. Um, you are one of, you have got to be one of the very best uh, church families in the entire world as far as I'm concerned. And yes, I'm a little biased, but that's okay. You are really wonderful, wonderful people and you love the Lord and it shows in everything that you do. Amen. Uh, let us pray. Father, we thank you now for an opportunity to preach and teach from your word. Use me, Holy Spirit, as you will, to preach with clarity and conviction. And my sincere desire is that you be glorified and someone's life be positively changed by your word. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Today, those who are um, with us, by way of uh, online media, social media, whatever it may be. Uh, Want to begin a sermon series for the month of June. And this sermon series will be from the book of Daniel. <clears throat> the book of Daniel, we're gonna start today uh, with Daniel chapter one. So this month of June, unless the Lord tells me differently, uh, I'll be preaching this entire month. My plan is to preach this entire month from the book of Daniel. Today we're going to start with Daniel chapter 1, uh, verses, let me give you these verses before I read them, verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to go to verses 8 through 15, and we will end with verse number 17. Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, then verses 8 through 15, and we will end with verse number 17. I'm reading this from the New King James Version. Beginning with Daniel chapter 1, verse 1, this is what it says. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Verse 2, and this is important. 
And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into Nebuchadnezzar's hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. And these he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. Now, if you will go with me to verse number eight. Verse number eight. But Daniel resolved to not defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. Let me read that one again, verse number nine. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men of your age? The king would then have my head because of you. I'm at verse 11 now. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Haniah, Mishael, and Azariah, we know them by their Babylon names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is what the guard said, verse 12, or what Daniel said to him, again at verse 12. Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So the court guard agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. Verse 15. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. And then verse 17. To these four young men, listen to this, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Thank you for your patience with me as I read those various scriptures. Our sermon topic for this uh, first of this sermon series is all of this is part of his plan. All of this is part of his plan. We gather today in an America that is very angry and very divided in many places. The recent unjustified death of yet another unarmed black man has left the country and quite frankly the world reeling. The murder of George Floyd uh, while in the custody of four police officers has led to violent protests here and around the world. We, we've been keeping up with what's going on. We know this. But some of us are struggling with this question. Does police brutality justify criminal acts by folks 
protesting against police brutality. Amen. Some of us across America are struggling with that question when we see the the looting and the damaging and the burning of buildings that has happened in many locations. Now, let's be very clear. That has been the minority of what's happened. That's not been the majority of what has happened. Most of the protests have absolutely been peaceful protests, but there have been some people, as there always are some people, who take advantage of a situation with their own personal agendas, and now the good message and the right and just message of what people have been protesting for in many cases is being lost and it falls on deaf ears of people who are just angry about the looting and the, and the, and the burning and all those things that should not be the violent confrontations with police. Now, you can have your own opinions about that question I asked, but I'm on record and I'll say again, I don't support uh, either police or protesters who engage in violence. I don't support either. I think they're both wrong. Something else I want to say this morning, too, and I need to be on record saying this, too. If the issue for some of us, because I've heard a lot of people say publicly, you know, how upset they are about the root looting and the rioting and all of those, the burning and, and, and damaging property of people who have nothing to do with the issue, and I agree. I feel the same way. However, I also know that sometimes the people who say that are people who then decide they didn't like uh, the shutdown and they didn't like the shelter in place uh, orders that some of the, uh, the governors and mayors in some localities have put in place. And some people have decided to defiantly uh, to disobey the shutdown and, and, and the, the stay in place order. So that's your right as well. But here's the question I want us all to consider, especially those of us who are Christians. From God's perspective, is the issue really being obedient to the law across the board? Or is it that I'm gonna, I, I can see fault in some people for doing one thing, but when I decide I don't like a particular rule or law and I decide to disobey it, it's okay for me to do that because I see these as two different issues. My question is, does God see those as two different things? Just, just, something, just something to consider. You come to your own conclusion. I hope you will go to the Lord on that. The, the current unrest over police brutality and systemic racial injustice is layered on top of anger about safety measures put in place during the COVID-19 pandemic. And some of those safety measures are still in place in, in some places. And we know there's been an easing and a lifting of restrictions, but there are some places, including this state, where some of these more stringent type of um, uh, shutdowns or orders are still in place. The pandemic and some of uh, those safety measures have, have also triggered a plunge in our national economy. These three events have created a horrific, perfect storm, if you will, of anxiety and anger and outrage. And it seems like America is on the verge of imploding right in front of our very eyes. But regardless of our personal feelings 
about our current national crises. As followers of Jesus Christ, we should be praying for Jesus to intervene. Amen. And I know many of us have. I pray most of us have. And I pray that we'll continue to do so. Because here's the thing. Sometimes if, if I didn't know better, I would ask, where is Jesus in the midst of all of this? But my answer to you is, all of this is part of God's plan. I know it doesn't seem that way. That might sound crazy. It may not make any sense to my more educated and more logical thinking brothers and sisters in Christ or in the human race. You know what the fact of the matter is? Sometimes some of it doesn't even make sense to me either. But God didn't ask us to try to make sense of what he does. He asked us to trust him with what he does. Amen. Amen. I know it may be hard to believe that Jehovah God is involved with any of this turmoil, but if we believe who he says he is, then we have to believe that nothing happens, good or bad, without God's permission or without his approval. In other words, God either makes things happen or he allows things to happen. He is still in control of this world. Psalm 24 reminds us that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world, meaning people, and they that dwell within. Amen. Psalm 94 and 19 said this, says, uh, When anxiety was great within me, your consultation brought joy to my soul. When anxiety, the anxiety we're all feeling right now. And it's great within us, but God's consultation can bring joy to our souls. And, and we do have reasons to be anxious about everything that's going on right now. But, but I want to encourage you to trust the Lord. Amen. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all of our ways, we have to acknowledge him and he will direct our path. It's not just a scripture that I say because I like it. I say it because I mean it and because I believe it. I believe this book of Daniel gives us reasons to stand firm in faith because we know God has a plan in every situation. Let me just say this real clearly. It doesn't matter whether God makes it happen or whether he allows things to happen. Whatever it is, he is still in control and he has a plan. According to the Zondervan Life Application Study Bible, and I, I'm using that Bible for this sermon series, the Zondervan Life Application Study Bible. According to that Bible, the book of Daniel is a historic account about the Jews who remained faithful to God while living in captivity in Babylon. Daniel's story proves that God controls the destiny of nations and he controls the well-being of his people. Who are his people? We're his people. When we give our lives to Jesus Christ, we become followers of Jesus. We become, uh, spiritually speaking, his brother or his sister. And then we become joint heirs of the kingdom. King Nebuchadnezzar uh, uh, conquered Jerusalem somewhere around about 605 B.C. Uh, Jerusalem is located in the, the, the southern half of, it, of the kingdom of Israel, which was called Judah. 
Daniel and the uh, when, when, when Nebuchadnezzar came in there and he conquered Jerusalem, he took Daniel and some of the wisest and some of the most attractive male and female uh, 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 Israelites back to Babylon to teach them the Babylonian language and he wanted to teach them their knowledge and their customs and culture. And Daniel, of course, was in that group along with his three friends who, like I say, we know as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had um, their, their Hebrew names, which I read in those scriptures, were changed when they got to Babylon uh, by the Babylonians to the names we know them more as now. There are three points I want to share from the verses of uh, these verses of Daniel 1 that I read to you. Uh, and let me start with verse number one. When Nebuchadnezzar came and conquered Jerusalem, he came there because that was God's doing as well. Nebuchadnezzar came to Jerusalem. He came to Judah and conquered it because God allowed that to happen. You read the background story. Verse number two says, and this is important. Verse two says, and the Lord delivered King Jehoiakim, who was the king over Judah at the time. The Lord delivered him into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. That brings me to point number one. Point number one, God can use a bad event for good purposes. Point number one, God can use a bad event for a good purpose. Proverbs 16 and four says, the Lord has made everything for its own purpose. Listen now, even the wicked for the day of evil. If we look back over the history of America, God has used bad events for good purposes. The death of Emmett Till. Emmett Till was killed, unjustly killed and murdered for a crime we found out years later he did not commit because the woman who accused him admitted before she died that she had lied about what she claimed Emmett Till had done. But at the time of his murder, he was so badly beaten and bruised and battered that the funeral home directors said to his mother, who was in New York, Emmett had come from New York and down to Mississippi to spend time with some relatives there. When his mother came and saw his body, the funeral home directors tried to convince her not to show his body publicly. But his mother said, no, I want the world to see what was done to my son. And that image of Emmett Till's face in that casket seared and pierced the heart of many people and more white America and even more black Americans were uh, empowered, if you will, and inspired and encouraged to stand up to racial injustice. And so that moved us, it moved the needle a little further. When Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, when he was murdered, his death shot the entire world. And again, out of the grieving and out of the anger and out of the frustration that we felt, that the world felt, but us as black Americans and many white Americans felt at that time, his death was not in vain because again, it moved the needle a little further towards having a more just society. More black and white Americans worked together to pass laws intended to give black folks equal rights and to protect us from racial injustice. Yes, we're not where we need to be, absolutely. We're not there. We're not there. The fight for racial and social injustice goes on. But we have to thank God from where he's brought us from and where even now he's taken us to. 
in this present time of turmoil. God can take a bad situation, a bad event, and use it for a good purpose. Why? Because all of this is part of his plan. Let me summarize verses three through seven quickly. Uh, uh, they tell us that Nebuchadnezzar directed his chief court official to handpick some of the, the wisest and most physically uh, fit Hebrew boys, and, and Daniel and his three friends were part of that group. And Nebuchadnezzar said, now I'm going to train them for three years, and they could only eat food and wine that Nebuchadnezzar had handpicked and designated for them to eat and drink. But in verse number eight, we read that Daniel resolved to not defile himself with the king's food and wine. And he asked the chief court official for permission to not eat the king's food and to not drink his wine. Verse number nine is important. God gave Daniel favor with the chief court official. That brings me to point number two. Point two. God's people have his favor in all situations. Point number two. God's people have his favor in all situations. This is from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Psalm number five, verse 12 says, For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. God still blesses the righteous, those who are right standing. How are we right standing when we confess Jesus Christ? And we ask him to be our personal savior, not by what we do, not by what we say. That's not it. It's because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. No Christian should defile ourselves with strong political opinions from the right or from the left. Instead, we should submit to God's will and only do what the Holy Spirit directs us to do. Empowered with the favor of Jesus Christ, Jesus can use us to help heal our divided nation. Let me say that one more time. Empowered with the favor of Jesus Christ, Jesus can use us, the body of Christ, to help bring about healing and justice to our divided nation. Why? Because all of this is part of his plan. Verses 10 through 14, I'm summarizing. The chief court official wants to help Daniel, but he's also afraid of, of disobeying Nebuchadnezzar. Still, because God's favor is on Daniel, the chief court official agrees to what Daniel asked him to do. Verse 15. At the end of 10 days, eating only vegetables and drinking only water, Daniel Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are healthier and they look better than the boys eating the king's food and drinking the king's wine. Verse number 17. God rewarded Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. Amen. God rewarded Daniel and the three Hebrew boys with knowledge and understanding. Daniel, God gave a little something extra, extra, because they could also interpret visions and dreams. Nebuchadnezzar was so impressed by these three, actually these four guys, he was so impressed by them that he promotes them, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to the top levels 
of his court. This brings me to my final point, point number three. When we obey God, he empowers us. When we obey God, he empowers us. God's favor is stuff he does for us. When he empowers us, that's, that's, that's power, creativity, energy that he gives us to do things that he has directed us to do. Point number three, when we obey God, he empowers us. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24 says, Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. What great things has he done for us? He has empowered us to do great things that we can only do under the, by the leading of the Holy Spirit and by the power that's in the name of Jesus. Colossians chapter 1 verse 29 says this, To this end I strenuously contend with all the energy Jesus Christ so powerfully works in me. Jesus Christ so powerfully works in me. Right now, the world is searching for answers to problems that cannot be solved only with science, that cannot be solved only with medicine, that cannot be solved only with peaceful protests, amen, that cannot be solved only with legislation, that cannot be solved only with money. I'm so grateful to all these people who have millions of dollars and they're giving millions of dollars, individuals and organizations, uh, uh, to charitable causes that fight for, or, or to organizations and, that fight against racial injustice and, and social injustice. But you gotta understand, money alone is not gonna solve this problem. We're looking for answers that cannot be solved only uh, uh, with money uh, and, and with vitriol and with vengeance and with violence. The answer to our problems is Jesus Christ. He always has been, he is, and he always will be. Whether you believe it or not, it's still true. Jesus can empower his people with the knowledge of how to bring this pandemic to an end. Jesus can empower his people with understanding on how to create laws or change laws that will effectively end racial and systemic injustice. Jesus can empower his people with the right language, the right words, that can inspire a racist to see the humanity of the victims of racism. There is absolutely nothing happening right now that Jesus Christ did not know would happen. None of us wanted this pandemic, but Jesus can bring good outcomes from it. George Floyd's death, none of us or most of us did not want that, but his death does not have to be in vain if the body of Christ will pray for emotional healing and if we obey the Holy Spirit as we do our part, and we do have a part to play in this, to end systemic and racial injustice. We are empowered to pray that small business owners survive and thrive no matter what problems they are facing. Because all of this is part of his plan. We don't have to look to Geneva, Switzerland. We don't have to look to Rome, Italy. We don't even have to look to Washington, D.C. 
We only need to look to the hills from which cometh our help, and our help comes from the Lord. People in this world may not love Jesus, but we know how much Jesus loves people in this world. That's why he went to a cross and was killed, was murdered for crimes that he did not commit. But he did it because it was all part of his plan. He went into a borrowed tomb and stayed there for two, the, the end of one day, a full next day and night. And then on that third day morning, he got up and he was rewarded for his obedience because his father gave him all power in heaven, on earth, under the earth. He can do anything, anywhere, to anybody that he wants to at any time. And he's the only one that can take a bad situation, a series of bad events, and turn them around for the good of all. It's all part of his plan. I thank the Lord Jesus that he loves us so much that he'll look past our wrongs as a nation and as individuals. And if we humble ourselves, he'll forgive us and bless us. And even now, he will clean up our mess if we allow him to. Amen. If you're not saved today and this message has moved you to give your life to Jesus Christ, will you please just pray this simple prayer with me? If you'll just close your eyes wherever you are and say this out loud. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me for my sins. I believe that you died and that you rose again. And I want you now to be my personal Lord and Savior. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer as I prayed it or some other version of it, the Bible says you are now saved. You are now part of the body of Christ. Heaven will be your home. And right now, you also become empowered to make a difference, a positive difference, right now in this present situation that we face in this world. Let me give the benediction, and we will be finished and dismissed for today. And now, may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest ruling about us henceforth and forevermore. Amen. Be blessed today.